We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey there. Welcome back for another season of So You're in Seattle, a podcast talking to people who are in Seattle. <laughs> Nailed it with that title, huh? I'm Gregor. I'm the host. I do mornings at 107.7 The End. And this was a chance to go a little bit longer form, be able to have some conversations with people that do interesting things, either passing through or living near and in Seattle. Pretty straightforward. Well, we're back. It's been a while since I've had any episodes, but a lot of cool stuff lined up for this uh, season. We're going to try and do them several episodes at a time here and then, I don't know, save up some (laughs) more interviews. We've had a bunch of them, some really great, great people from big names like Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers, Hosier. Well, it's Jack White, I think I posted that one, uh, Death Cat for Cutie, but then also just people who do rad stuff around Seattle who are just like either troublemaking or making art or doing something fun. So if you ever have a suggestion, you can always holler at me. I'm at HeyGregor on Twitter or just through 1077thend.com. So without further ado, he's Mike Seibert and he's next. And now from the legendary Studio B, so you're in Seattle with Gregor. Mike is the host of the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast, but he's also really crazy for Transformers. He tells me about taking a trip where they build into their trip that they're going to, he and his wife, that they're going to (laughs) go to a Transformers convention in Toronto. Well, it turns out that there's also one here in Seattle. Now, if you're listening to this real time, it's this weekend it's happening. CybeFest Northwest 2019. Cybe like Cybertron. Cybefest Northwest 2019. You can find all the info at cybefestnw.com or on Facebook, cybefestnw. That's C-Y-B-F-E-S-T-N-W. Again, even if you're not listening to this real time or you catch this after the event has happened, it's fantastic. It's fascinating to hear all the different things about Transformers specifically. We go into all these iterations of the Decepticons... What do you call the big Transformer where they all form into one super Transformer? The Decepticons have... The Constructicons, and they form Devastator. Oh, man, I got awesome pictures of it. 1077thend.com to see that. But uh, Mike is really into Transformers, and that really comes across here. We do a little bit of talk about growing up doing radio in Seattle at KGRG, which is the community radio station of Green River Community College. A lot of great info there as well. If you're thinking about getting into broadcasting, this might be your avenue. Mike's a great guy. He's really, really into what he likes. You'll see that here, or hear that here, rather. (laughs) I don't know. Let's just jump right in. (laughs) 
I saw a picture of you. It's probably like the obvious picture of you, yeah. but you're wearing a K, uh, KGRG shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's your background? I am a KGRG kid. I uh, and, it, and it's interesting because like I'll see like memories on Facebook or Time Hop or something like that sure. where from the KGRG era, and it's like, oh, buddy. <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoyed my time at KGRG, and I, I'm sure uh, you know a lot of the KGRG kids running around in here. And um, yeah, there was definitely an era where there was like the like all the metal shop guys or KGRG guys. Oh yeah, there's like there's an era that gave us a lot of uh, talent around here, which mm-hmm. is pretty neat. And it's one of those things where it's I you know, and obviously I'm you know going to be the biggest cheerleader for my thing, but <laughs> it's it's. Um, it's the best radio program in the state, I would say, because it you take what you're learning in the classroom mm-hmm. and applying it live on the air. So, like, you can go to the Murrow School. Nothing against the Murrow School. It's great. They don't have a station for you to work on. Sure. So That's it, always been my concern. Or not my concern, but my complaint about when people tell me they go to broadcast school, yeah. I'm like, why? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But it, here, you have a legitimate avenue to try it out. And people take it pretty seriously. Like Bands come through, and oh, I see yeah. like, people doing interviews and performances, and it's like- Absolutely. So anyone that's not familiar, KGRG is the Green River Community College uh, broadcast program, their own frequency that they have, and it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, and I've spoken in front of people before for it, and yeah. we've had people come work here, and it's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's it's super cool. It, it's a it's a great program. Highly recommend. When did you go? I um I graduated in seventeen. So I started in uh, summer of fifteen. Sure. Um did did the two year program. Um took yeah. all the requisite classes. Uh, kind of cut my teeth out on the air, and learned a whole lot of stuff. And again, that that's what makes that environment so great is that you can make mistakes, <laughs> you can have successes, you can have failures, and the equipment that we use at KGRG is very similar to the stuff that we're using here. Maybe a little older. In, sure, fact, sure. in fact, I'm pretty sure their automation system we got at uh, uh, KSW's yard sale back in the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's, I mean, it it's all, you know, uh, pots and, and levers and You're sliders. You're learning on it's, real stuff. It's real stuff. Yeah, yeah. And everything that you learn is 100% transferable. So I went to the University of Arizona. Okay. And I did camp student radio there. And at mm-hmm. the time it was like a mixing board there's this is only for radio nerds right now right 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 there's like a mixing board and then a couple microphones and a couple like you know cd players that you'd have in your home entertainment rack back okay back in the late 90s yeah yeah and so it felt really junky it was like very like there was no on off switch on the microphone you like turned it up and it was (laughs) you know the gain was already on there and so you're like the it was not and I was already doing commercial radio at the same time. I just wanted a way to pick up some credits and have a little fun or whatever. And yeah. after like six weeks, I was like, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't handle how bad it is. So for there to be a place that kids yeah. can go and get a shot at this and get some real experience is so cool. Well, and, and the thing that, that I'll keep singing the praises of is that it's, you know, I mean, so you'll have robust college programs where, as we already said, you know, you don't even get to touch a board or yeah. even get to crack a mic. And then there are great, college stations 
that they hire out professional staff, you know, from the jocks to the programmers, yeah. everybody. One thing that that makes KGRG so special and so iconic is that it is 100% student-run, student-managed, student staff. From the program director down to the jocks, we're all students just trying to find our way. We have <laughs> we have one faculty advisor that just happens to be our general manager that yeah. that's there to protect the shield and you know kind of keep a <laughs> keep the FCC off of us. But outside of that, from from the music selection to the uh, production. Everything is done in house, and it's it, it really is radio for the kids by the kids. What's the frequency again? Eighty nine point nine FM. Anything under ninety two point is community, and so you get right. away with a little bit more. Also, but you have to do you have to prove yourself a little bit harder too as a community station. Exactly. Yeah, we've got to do a, a lot of uh, public affairs programming. So yeah, tune in on Sunday mornings for that. I know all, I I host ours for the cluster here, so I know uh, I know exactly what you're talking absolutely. about. Absolutely, <laughs> and. And uh, the last thing I wanted to mention on KGRG is, you know, you mentioned the frequency. You know, once you start driving away from the campus at, at Green River and Auburn, it starts getting a little fady. But in the the digital age that we're in now, you can get KGRG literally around the world. Yeah. It is uh, streaming at the website, KGRG.com. There's a free app for both uh, Apple and your Android devices. So you can take it with you, get it wherever you go. And it's... It's it's great stuff, um, and my favorite thing is just tuning in because you don't know who's going to be on the air. It could sure. it could be like a, a seasoned jock that's you know it's like maybe an alumni that's come back and want to you know kind of snap the neck and kind of see if they see if they're still limber, <laughs> or it would be just like a first week because we put you on in week two of classes. Cool. So and and, and there's something uniquely satisfying about hearing somebody saying, um. My name is Mike, and this is KGRG, and and now this is um um front front bottom, KGRG. It's awesome though. It's it's great. I love it. It just it just makes my heart feel good just to hear those uh, uh baby DJs uh you know making their bones. And- oh, you make me want to go there and like this is like sounds like very kind of douchebaggery of me, but makes me want to go there and see if I can do anything to help like speak to someone, mentor someone, do something, or help out with the program in some capacity. I've got a toddler though also right now, so uh, ma- gotcha. maybe in a couple years. <laughs> well, I, I was I was gonna say maybe offline. I'll I'll give you some names and some contact info because we're there. They're always looking for really cool resources and really cool folks, and and I I think that would fit in with your vibe and what you're all about. So okay, so you've gone from doing KGRG to the uh, Mike Seibert Radio Podcast, which I think is really interesting because mm. um, the idea that you call it radio right. because you treat it like a talk radio show, but it's a it's in podcast form, and so Correct. for someone like me, um. I guess the easiest way to say this is when Adam Carolla went off the air. Yeah. And he immediately transitioned to the podcast world mm-hmm. and now it's now it's like so far down, down the road that I can't like uh, I've been out of it for a long enough time but like when I would listen yeah. to it it felt like listening to the radio on demand. And so it was Absolutely. exactly what I wanted. Your show kind of sounds like that. 200 plus episodes. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, we just recently crossed episode 200 not too long That's ago. That's crazy, dude. And really, what it was, I mean, just to, to go back a little bit, origin story. It where Mike Seibert Radio as a podcast started was I would record my on air shifts at KGRG. Why so, not? So like the first 
hundred or so episodes were KGRG radio shows where we're doing live radio, um, and it was just a rotating cast of characters of you know people come and go as each uh, academic quarter yeah. uh, comes and goes, and it was it was great fun. And what I found is once my time at KGRG ended, I um, it, it was like a week or two, and I started getting itchy. It's like you know that itch when you haven't talked into a microphone yeah. for more than a little bit, you start getting that yeah. that itch, and I was like. Well, wait a minute. I've I've paid I, I've paid my hosting fee. Uh, I'm paid out through the rest of the year, so I may as well, well let me just do something. And I've always liked the texture of talk radio. That that's one of the formats. And it was so funny because like I was halfway through uh, my uh, my academic studies at uh, at Green River College, where I realized that I wasn't so much into music radio as I was into talk radio. Sure. Because I would get into like these these uh, discussions. I, I I'm reluctant to use the word argument with my instructors. They'd be like, <laughs> you know what? As a DJ, it's your job to you know uh, you you can either be back wallpaper or you can add to the experience or your presence can just drive away listeners and I was like but but I I tune in for the personalities I yeah. I, I, I I uh <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it but I don't care about the music I just want to hear what what the the person on the other end of the mic that's that's curating and selecting that music has yeah. to say um oh that's interesting I'm sorry to interrupt but um just recently somebody asked me just last week somebody was yeah. like if there was one artist or song that you could get rid of and never hear again, what would it be on the end? And Ooh. I may, pref- in the sense, again, I'm <laughs> two for two on something like a D bag here, but um, <laughs> I am in it for the performance of it. I yeah. love making radio. Right. I don't do this for the music anymore. There was a time when I was younger and I was really of into course. it for the music. And yeah. now as I get older, I like the I like to hear my own voice. <laughs> now, I like the entertainment aspect of it. And right. so this person who asked me that, I was like, listen, I don't there's not an artist like in theory we should be playing at a commercial radio station music that makes us win. And so right. if there's a song that's bad that's not doing that, then get rid of it. But other than that, yep. I don't care. Like the song that annoys me the most is still important. Right. I just want to get to the point where I can say my dumb things in between the songs and then give you the next song that you wanted to hear without having to like really stamp my musical taste all over everybody. Right, right. And so exactly. I can I can relate to what you're saying about wanting to just just to be a performer and to be yeah. a, to be a radio host rather than a DJ. Yeah, well and and that connection with the audience also. Yeah. And that's uh. that's why I stuck with the name, you know, just uh Mike Cybert Radio because like I know a lot of I mean everybody's got a podcast now, right? You yeah. know, it's 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 the new hotness. Everybody's doing it. And anybody with a telephone can do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, the the barrier is really low in a good way. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean the, the recording capability of your of your smartphone is bananas now. Like you can yeah. get a you could get your uh for instance if you have an Apple iPhone and you have the yep. Apple iPhone headphones, the microphone is good enough on yeah. there to be able to record a pretty decent audio uh, audio quality in order to make your own podcast. Absolutely. I mean, I've done some on-site interviews from like convention floors or at music venues. They're like, "Oh man, would you use that sounded so great." I'm like, "I shoved my phone in his face yeah. and and it and it's fine." They cancel background noise really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anybody yeah. listening that wants to do their own podcast and hear themselves talk, then you can most definitely absolutely. do that. Absolutely. We'll, we'll both be happy to help you get to that path. Absolutely. And my advice is just do it. Yeah. You know, you know, channel your channel your inner Shia LaBeouf and just <laughs> 
do it. You know, make your dreams come true and just, you know, all of that. But but with uh, with Mike Seibert Radio, I thought, you know, like uh, rather than coming up with a goofy name or whatever, the the hook of the show or what the show is, is me. Yeah. It's I'm the only me. You know, you're the only you. Um, and that's what I wanted to present was just my perspective on things. Great. Maybe I'll do the same news stories that everyone else does, but it's from my angle. And I'm sure there's nobody else talking about like the the combination of like, you know, independent artists and transformers <laughs> and and whatever else that just happens to be on my mind. Um, and and that's what I call it. It's just stuff and things that are on my mind every week. Okay. So this is a great transition because yeah. the re- the way that we all got linked up here is that we have a mutual friend called Nick. Yes. And he's been trying to get me to talk about Cybefest. Yes. For the last couple of years, I talk about it on the radio that it's this weekend or whatever, but mm-hmm. I've never had a chance to sit down with you and actually properly talk to the person responsible for Cybefest. Cyb being Cybertron, the home planet of the uh, Transformers? Uh, the, yes, exactly. So it's the uh, Cybertronian Festival. It's the unofficial uh, Transformers convention here in the Pacific Northwest. You're very, you're very careful to uh, say unofficial so that way the Hasbro <laughs> folks don't come after you or whoever's responsible for them at this point. Well, uh, and I've chatted with some of the other uh, show organizers because basically the, this uh, my involvement with Cybefest is is relatively recent. Um, oh, is it something that started before you? Yeah, yeah. So there there was like there was like a Cybcon and some other stuff that's that's kind of grown and developed. Whereas uh, Cybefest is now in its uh, fifth year, and this will be my second year being involved with okay. them. So um, and and really kind of are what you, officially like are you an, are you like when I'm talking to you, are you do you officially represent Cybefest today? Or are you just as a? I'm. You know what? It's, it's so for point of clarification, I'm I'm a participant, uh, a super fan, but I I it's not my show specifically. Okay. So it's like I have connections with the folks that are putting on the show, but it's not specifically my show. So will they, will they so, be stoked that you're here talking about? Absolutely, it? Okay. absolutely. And and you know I've messaged folks. I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm going to talk to Gregor, and we're going to you know hype the show and. You know, see if we can get some butts right. and seats. I'm going to bring some stuff with me, and it's going okay, to be super okay. cool. And there, so, just, so, for so it's all list, good. For anyone listening right now that's involved, uh, we're happy to have Mike here to be able to talk about yeah. this. And uh, if I mention that it's Mike's thing, we understand that it's the greater Cybefest is not. But if we exactly. speak that way, if we generalize, forgive me. Right. Okay? Exactly. Okay. And, great. And that's, so that's cleared up now. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Very good. So, I guess there's a million questions that I have to okay. go off of being a Transformers fan to the point of, ha- of happy helping put on a festival first yeah. of all have you considered saying that your home for mike cybert radio is cybertron you know what it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because that 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 uh um Sabertron.com is a long-standing Transformers website. Oh my god. And it's the same spelling as mine. It's S E I B E R T. <laughs> and I discovered that like when I was like, oh, I don't know, in my my uh mid-30s or something like that. I was like, who are these people? And then they they have a podcast, they have like a huge online fan presence. And I was like, oh, I guess I can't do that. So, <laughs> because- I'm just saying you could change it from Fife Washington or uh, Federal Way Washington, sorry, to uh-huh. Cyber. 
Bertron Washington. I'm just putting oh, that out there for you. I see what just you're on the pun level there. Okay, I like that. I promise no more puns. Okay, I promise <laughs> that I've gotten my dad jokes out of the way. I was like, don't make promises you can't keep. You buddy. just you're right. <laughs> so you just revealed to me a, an interesting point because yes. I'm always curious about this, yeah. like uh, where your involvement with Transformers begins. So if you said in my mid 30s, suggesting that you are not in your mid 30s now, right? That means that you go back to gener- the first generation Transformers. Correct. We're talking 1986 feature film Transformers. We're talking like the original series, terrible uh-huh. and excellent all at the oh same time. Oh my gosh, exactly. And, and you hit on a few things that are huge touchstones for me. First of all, that 1986 movie, and this is where I'm just, I'm taking all my cards and we're spilling Let's the go. tea. That's my favorite movie. Yeah. I mean, if I'm stuck on a desert island, that's the DVD I'm taking with me. I I unironically love that movie from like the the animation to the storytelling to the music. I mean, it's just got like this insane synthesizer heavy prod rock, prog rock soundtrack to it. People wish they could make that now. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Yeah. And it's like I get into arguments with folks. They'll say like, well, you know, that G.I. Joe movie is better. It's like, really? No, it really, it really. Oh, we're gonna do this right now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the mat with you, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it won't go well for you. Do you, do you remember watching the original show that first year on TV, like in the afternoons, cartoon hour, whatever it was? Yeah, I, I have a few specific iconic memories that I can call on. One, um, so my birthday is in September, and in September of 1984, my very first transformer that I got was Soundwave. The uh, the you know the the cassette the boombox yeah exactly and so I remember very vividly unwrapping him it was like him and a whole bunch of Star Wars guys I got like the Ewok village and like the the Tauntaun that you can like rip his stuff open and shove Luke in there and cool I didn't know they made that that's it cool. was it was it was a rad birthday and I also remember. Uh, watching on like a Saturday morning and it was the first episode of the first series and I just I, I remember like the 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 trippy music and just the the weird visuals and and just being gobstruck by it and I think that's what really kind of put me on that uh, on that path to uh, uh, to the fandom to where I just I never shook it it's it's a fandom that's always been with me in one capacity or the other mm-hmm. now so I grew up at that same era. I have almost the same experience okay. to you. I had the Optimus Prime with the trailer and oh, everything, yeah. and like it's it was a big deal. Um, that show was really critical in my development in yeah. terms of like stereotypical boy stuff. Oh yeah, playing Transformers while my friend Jamie played Princess was like a thing that we did all the time. Okay, so like I have like strong memories about now. I'm going to transform into a car. <laughs> And then it, running around in the backyard with yeah, my yeah. hands like a you know like a tail flap or something like <laughs> yeah. that yeah or like no I'm a jet you know that type of thing like I have like very distinct silly memories of doing that stuff it sounds on point by the way Good thank job. you thank you but <laughs> yeah. but then I um after the, like I remember my mom taking me to see the movie and yeah. like I, my poor mom having to sit there and be like she didn't give a she wanted to see the bridges of Madison County oh man not, not Transformers where Unicron shows up right. and like how could you not want to watch this <laughs> it, it's Academy Award winner Orson Welles for goodness sake come but, on man <laughs> but also props to her for having taken me and sat through it that's very nice um that's but sweet. then it dropped off like. I don't yeah. know. Transformers kind of went away after a while, yeah. and 
Um, I know that it had other iterations, mm-hmm. but until Michael Bay made it like kind of this like silly and then overdone transforming oh, thing, like it didn't. It was just gone, and so there was like a huge nostalgia factor. Even for me, I like, went and saw it in the theaters, yeah. and I was like. I'd say I was largely disappointed uh, because of my. I wanted to see the 1986 movie exactly only with like, with, you know, like live with, action robots. Yeah, with that level of special effects, but telling that story or something very similar to it, or like an actual story where we're not, you know, uh, sexually exploiting people or <laughs> or being a super racist or or just being basically Michael Bay about it. My friend asked me to. He made a great point about. <laughs> he said that I should just say. So that I should just say, so, Megan Fox, am I right? <laughs> so, that's what, but that's what it became about, is that yeah. it was just like oily Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf being like, I don't know. <laughs> and then like these giant robots, which were hilarious. They were like really well voiced and really well acted yeah. and stuff. But I didn't like the robots because it wasn't Megatron. It was this like weird spiky thing or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So my question, ah. we get there. Are you a fan of Transformers in its entirety, or ah. are you a kind of a specific kind of few generations, or is it somewhere in between? That's that is an excellent question, and anybody you talk to will give you a million different answers. So, I would like to say that I'm a fan of the brand. Um, But I do have my touchstones and my jam is that 86 movie. So if they'll say, well, Mike, what's the one thing in Transformers fandom that you call to? And it's always going to be the movie. Uh, Probably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like, but right after that would be the uh, contemporary comic books from IDW. Uh, Those are really, really good because it it takes... um, you know, contemporary sensibilities and applies it to these these crazy robots. And one of my favorite things about Transformers fandom as it currently is, is that it spans multiple generations and it's one of the most inclusive fandoms that you'll find. Oh, cool. Like, um, like I, you know, and touching on these uh, comic books for a bit, there are um, there are queer identifying characters. There are trans characters in there, and it's um, representative in a big bad way in a lot of ways that that kind of legacy fiction really doesn't get to. And since they're robots, you can tell all of these different stories. It's like you know you can do a whole story arc about somebody's gender identity, and, and well, yeah, it's, because it's because you can you can take a step away from the actual problems that we have as humans and personify it with robots that have different, that are imaginary. So you can exactly. have like, like I think that, um, I was listening to you talk about this on an episode of the Mike Seibert radio podcast about people wanting to, like when you go back and you modernize Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And suddenly you got this black kid that's playing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, people are not okay with that because they're inherently unwilling to change slash racist Um, and that you make a girl play a character that would otherwise be a male or the girl doesn't have unreal boobs or something like that and like the the traditionalist fans are not happy with that Mm -hmm. to you I say go back and read your traditional comics then and um, these things change and just like I don't I'm not going to see the new Transformers movie because I think that they suck um, that doesn't mean that I can't still like the old stuff that I came up with, and that I don't have to apologize for the things that have changed. Right. Like, I, I don't want to get too into it, but it's good yeah. to hear that the comic book kind of can grow up. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then don't follow it. Then find something else. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, 
there's something for everybody. Like, I mean, there's a, you know, like Transformers Armada is almost 20 years old at this point. You know, stuff from like the early 2000s. Sure. And of course, you have like the Beast Wars era that that a lot of 90s kids have a whole ton of nostalgia for where they they will go to the mat and say, well, that's my Transformers. Yeah, great. And it's like, cool, I, I'm happy for you. It's it's not I'm my just, it's not my cup of tea, but I won't fight you on it. I'm either. just glad that you love it so much that it doesn't fade away. Right. That's what I'm more interested in is that like it ha- it was powerful enough to you that it's not mine but it also was good enough for the to be to live on. Yeah. So that Transformers as a whole continues. Well, and to share also. It's like one of one of the most satisfying experiences that I have going to uh Transformers conventions whether it's a TFCon or a Cybefest coming up is walking in there and seeing so many folks that don't look anything like me. Oh, cool! You know, it's like so. You know, I, I've uh, like like a, a bad pint of milk. I've recently turned. I've had that. I've had that. I've had that landmark birthday. You know, it's like uh, turning into a vampire werewolf or something. But but I'll be there soon. And I would imagine that going back that folks like me would be kind of like the primary demographic for that type of fiction. And it's not. It's 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 young women. It's it's girls, it's boys, it's yeah. you know, and and again, folks of uh, uh, different gender identities, and and all of them will point to something that's completely different to what I point to is quote unquote doing air quotes on a podcast, oh, uh, my Transformers, and we'll all just have that that mutual love of the brand because there's something that's so iconic about this concept and these characters and that characterization because i mean it's just classic heroic stuff good versus evil and yeah. something, something that you can you know latch on to so what i want from things that have legacy yeah is i want the person who says michael jordan's the best ever ah. and the person who says lebron james is the best ever and then i can go and hear both of them talk about it yeah, and you go. Wow, those are two really great basketball players. I don't know anything about basketball. I just know that that's like kind of like one of the arguments people have. Yeah, yeah. But like, I grew up in the era where Michael Jordan was dominant. I was a little kid, and like, wow, yeah. everyone knew who Michael Jordan was. He was literally a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't know that he would be for kids that are watching the new Transformers movies and stuff. Like right. LeBron James, though, is now that name that happens. And so, well, I, mean, I, I don't I, need people on opposite sides of the convention being like, no, that guy's wrong. This one's the best. Right. I want everyone to be like, well, this guy's awesome. Of this generation and so for you to like the 86 movie to be like your thing and to come in and be like listen young people this is why this one's so dope right and for them to be like well beast wars was cool by this and you can be like oh wow yeah well and and it's funny because like i i have a good friend of mine that is because of his age he's super into those michael bay movies yeah and i feel bad for him (laughs) but listen listening to him talk about it it's like well i can't take that away from you i I can't i can't take a dump on it even though i'd really like to because i um in case you can't tell from our tone (laughs) not a fan i just i i don't mind that first one it's kind of okay fun but, but but steep cliff after that it's just, I just want them, and I haven't seen the, uh, I don't know if it's out or if it happened already, or the Bumblebee one where like they have like Soundwave looks like Soundwave yeah, should. And, and like, sounds like Soundwave. And so, I, 
I'm all for if someone wants to make Megatron and like the proportions don't work where he's a giant talking robot and then he transforms into a handgun <laughs> right. that another robot holds, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I could totally handle that that would happen because you have to suspend disbelief because you're already talking about talking robots. Yeah, exactly. Alien robots. <laughs> so if, if they would have gone all in on making my childhood into yeah. the into the present, it might have still sucked or whatever, but at right. least I would be like, damn. <laughs> exactly. But, but hey, if that is your thing, great. Like, I'm not here to be like, that's, I do think it sucks, but I'm not here to be like, who am I to tell anyone else what is good or bad? Like, right. bring it. Come on. Let's all, let's all have that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and side tangent, go watch that Bumblebee movie. There, there's a lot for you there. Is it good? I think you'd dig it. Great. I, I think, think you would dig like it. Like I said, I didn't even know that it came out. I like missed the whole, the whole bus on that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Let me just shout this out real quick. It's uh, CybeFest Northwest 2019, July 27th at the Kent Commons Community Center. Listen, the details are at CYB, that's CybeFest. NW.com or on Facebook, search for CybeFest, C-Y-B-F-E-S-T-N-W, um, and to be able to find out the details and just kind of like learn more Absolutely. about this, because it seems super crazy, uh, to like crazy in a positive way. Yeah. Like you have yeah. this like Transformers thing. How many people do you think come to a Transformers festival in a, in a day in Kent, Washington? A couple hundred. That's a lot of people. Yeah, a couple hundred. Uh, because like early in the morning, you'll get like your bargain hunters coming in, mm. and then later. And so actually, so talking about Sidefest a little bit, there's there's something for everybody. Okay. You know, like so it's it's predominantly a dealer show. Oh, and okay. that, that like, you know, vendors and exhibitors from all over the Pacific Northwest will be coming in to have their table set up, kind of like a swap meet type of thing. Yeah. But in addition to that, you've also got um, artists. Um, uh, voice actor David Kay is going to be uh, the guest of honor. He's uh, He voiced uh, Megatron in the Beast Wars cartoon. Cool. And then also uh, Optimus Prime in the Transformers animated cartoon. Um, so, yeah, so he's one of the few guys that's voiced both characters. That's in, cool, in both two good different... and evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's he's a super cool dude. I've met Who him a couple times. Who's the original times. Optimus Prime voice? Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen. Is he still alive? Absolutely. Yeah, because he does the Prime. He did the Prime in the movies, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, the classic one he's like my name is optimus prime yeah yeah he's great and that was like the one thing that the michael bay movies did right is yeah. bringing peter cullen on and you know just kind of doing that that iconic warm optimus prime voice yeah um and it, it is kind of funny though because like one of my disappointments with those movies is that the dialogue they give him is so terrible so he's so like, corny he's like my name is optimus prime i'm going to tear your face off I will kill them all! And I'm like, I don't think Optimus Prime is supposed to say stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Give me your face! As he tears a dude's face off, murdering unarmed prisoners and stuff. It's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> um, but anyway, like in, at a Sidefest, there's a, there's a really good kids area 
There's a uh, you know there's a couple tables set up with just loose random transformers for kids to play with. Cool. There's a couple trivia contests, uh, costume contests. Who uh, are these dealers? Are they like do they own toy stores or are they just private collectors? Or it's a little bit of both actually. Wow. Um, yeah. It's so some folks will kind of hit like the the kind of uh, uh, swap meet circuit type of thing. You know, going to different yeah. uh, conventions and dealer shows and things like that. But then there's other more uh, national. Uh, vendors like Ages Three and Up, they're a big uh, third-party Transformers dealer that we'll talk about in a in a little bit. Uh, it's like, wait, wait, what's a, what's a third-party Transformer? We'll get there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you'll have you'll have uh, folks that own stores. Like you said, yeah. a lot of private collectors, and then yeah, some like actual uh, big dealers that you would see it traveling to other, I guess I would say larger conventions. Again, using air quotes on the radio. Sure, no, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it picks up, it, it, yeah. it transfers. That's cra- okay. Cool. So you'll have a full day mm-hmm. you know, morning. You'll have like your swap meters that kind of come out looking for your collectors, is what you said. I think. Yeah, yeah, getting those good bargains or at least stuff that's available. Yeah, you know, just snapping stuff up. Yeah. Uh, uh, first thing, because a lot of folks, you know, they know what's up. It's like I know this dealer has this stuff, and and it's uh, it, it's a a uh, small and I would say occasionally intimate uh, collector community. You know, it's like there's a lot of folks that know each other, so everybody kind of knows what everybody's got. It's like, so what you bring into Cybefest? Yeah. It's like I got an eye on that. You bring in that, you know, that that kind of stuff. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, it's it's a really cool community here in the in the Pacific Northwest. I'm excited because you have an entire stack of Devastator. <laughs> Yeah, sitting here, and like I have like very very strong memories of the first time. I like I couldn't tell you what was happening, but I remember the sure. first time Devastator assembled on the cartoon. And oh I yeah. Was like, blown away that it could be such a thing. That is one of my favorite iconic moments in the movie where, you know, it's it's the siege of Autobot City and you know the the Megatron and and his uh, cronies have broken down all the uh defenses and they've killed a bunch of the good guys and they're um they're they're done for, right? They're 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 on their last ropes. And then after that, Megatron gives this iconic line. He's like Constructicons merge for the kill. And we had seen the Constructicons earlier in the show, but the, between the music and the animation, there's there's a sense of dread to it, and like they do like this slow roll transformation where you know it's like they form the legs and then the torso and then the head pops up and they does the slow roll. He's like prepare for extermination, and uh, Lionel Stander as the Elder Statesman Cup, he looks up and looks over and sees this happening and gives. Like one of the best line deliveries in the whole movie is just like devastator. You know, it's just like just like he just like craps his pants and has like that 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 fear and dread and reverence that we hadn't really seen in the cartoon previously. Oh, cool. It's 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 one of my favorite moments in the movie. But um, but yeah. So so I thought uh, with uh with our good buddy Nick we uh, uh chatted and uh it's a com- I've got a combination of a few things from my collection as well as some stuff from his collection. Huh. And I figured what we would do is we would approach this like say like you ever go 
go wine tasting or sure. beer tasting, maybe spirits tasting, where it's like you know you get different expressions of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. you know we're 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 going to try a flight of seven different bourbons or something like that. So so what we've got is I I've got a variety of a couple different versions of Devastator, and I figured I would just kind of go through and explain what some of these are, um, and we can kind of talk about it from there. How's uh, how's that sound? Great. Okay, so, so we're going to tell me what you're starting with here. So we're going to start with this is a this is what you would consider to be the original. This is a, a Walmart reissue of the original uh, Generation One Devastator box set from 1985. This was reissued by Walmart last year, and it's a. Um, it's a facsimile duplicate of what was on store shelves. Now, I wasn't the rich kid like my friends. I never had this box set, which is why I bought it. Yeah. Um, I, I Funny got, how that works. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I got the Constructicons individually over like several years. I think I, I, was, I was probably in middle school before I could actually form the Devastator from getting all the different pieces. But. I just had the uh, I just had Mixmaster. It was the only one. I only ever had one piece okay. of Devastator. It was always like the dream to get that. My yeah. father was always like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Just watch the stupid show. Exactly. Um. But one of the things that's always struck me about the Constructicons is just that striking lime green and purple color scheme. Yeah, exactly. It was it, very iconic. Very iconic. And so I think that's why that character kind of sticks it out. It almost looks like the Seahawks jerseys when they wear like that lime green. Yeah, and, like, on that the, action green. Oh, yeah, action green. It kind of looks like that. Devastator, you are the official action green representative of the Seattle Seahawks. Unofficial, I should say. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the theme here. That's great. So that's the original Devastator Correct. Um, from the series. Okay, I mean, that doesn't do anything for anyone listening but i understand like it's the original um old school early 80s yeah. uh, version of devastator what, what you would see on store shelves in 1985 crazy so this next thing this is um what we would politely refer to as a knockoff this is <laughs> this is a uh, a quick change robot fighter construction transforming system and as uh, <laughs> as you can see it looks very similar to these guys so devastator is six uh, construction vehicles yep. that then transform into individual characters that then transform into one super transformer. Correct. There's a name for it, I think, when they get to be whatever you call them. It's a, a combiner or combiner. gestalt or whatever, whatever, whatever nomenclature you want to use. But and yeah, so they, they you, combine. You talked about it being this classic lime green and kind of purplish blue color. Yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> A Decepticon, one of the bad guys. Absolutely. The this evil one, Decepticon. This one is actually construction color. It's yellow and with the caution tape on it and the same pieces. looks almost exactly the same. It looks yeah. like a little cheaper, I will admit. But, yeah. Um, but uh, I can't believe that they were doing knockoffs like that. Three for twelve dollars. Yeah, could you imagine? Where, where is this a uh, Walmart reissue of this uh, Constructicon box set? I paid yeah. seventy five for. Oh it. my god! Do you ever build these? Um, I do sometimes like this. This one sealed in the box. Yes, yeah, so um, and I just, I just like the aesthetic of it. Sure. I, I'm a sucker for packaging. <laughs> okay. uh, sometimes in the community, we refer to us as box collectors. Some, some of us are <laughs> yeah. toy collectors. Some of us are box collectors. Exactly. I fit more into the box collector. So, like, even on this uh, uh, knockoff here, you can see that it's still sealed and yeah. hasn't been played with. But I just, I like goofy aesthetic knockoffs like that. Um, so that That's I great. I picked that one up in a Walmart. I, I'm sorry, a, a Walgreens uh, several years ago. But you can also <laughs> get them at like Tuesday mornings. 
or you know where, wherever else you can get like cheap knockoffy type stuff that that may or may not be rotten with lead paint. <laughs> <laughs> but it's best not to touch them. Exactly. So so we'll move on to a, a different type of knockoff. This is a carded figure, and it is a representation of Devastator, as as you saw in the uh, uh, traditional box set. Carded means that there is a cardboard with a clamshell plastic, and you would peel like if, like you were taking batteries. Yeah, like it would, it'll peel off like that, and so you have the full built. Uh, Devastator, which again is a combiner of the six little ones put right. together into a big one. This one does not look like it comes apart the same way. Maybe it does? It maybe does. I uh, um, And that's one we can later on uh, crack open. Uh, uh, Nick gave us permission to play around with that. <laughs> but um, so, but if you look at it, it's it's smaller. It's significantly smaller. It's like maybe like a six inch tall figure. Yeah, it looks like about a G.I. Joe size or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and it's the confi- combined form of Devastator, but it looks super rickety. Yeah. I mean, it looks like if you blow on it, it would. Uh... <laughs> but there is one thing that's interesting about the engineering on it. If you take a look down by the legs, yeah. you see how there's like that clip around his uh, uh, hip area? It'd be like his pelvis. Yeah, the pelvis area. And that piece actually kind of extends down into the leg. Oh, I see. With a little bit of extra engineering that this, the original, doesn't have. So one of the things that you'll see in knockoff sometimes is that they will do additional engineering that wasn't there, in addition to outright theft of. <laughs> well, and you know, and not to not to drift into uh, political talk too much, but you know, one of the things going on with China now with like the the uh, tariffs and things like that is IP theft, and that's what's going on. You're having a lot of like Chinese knockoff off transformers that that are basically stolen versions of the molds and what's the lego version lupin or something like that something they, like, like that somebody makes all of the they have all the molds for it and they just don't <laughs> say lego and it's like the same exact thing which is crazy okay. exactly so we've already seen we've seen one legit devastator and then two knockoffs exactly so now we're going to move into uh something that we call third party now what third party is it at its most basic form, uh, third-party Transformers are unlicensed figures. So these are premium format adult collectibles that are made for the adult collector market and are completely unlicensed by Hasbro. So I mean, this looks beautiful. It looks like it's high quality. It looks like that there's the, the characters are awesome. And yeah. It looks kind of sinister, as it should be, because Devastator is Devastator. Yeah. And it's yeah, and and it's premium format for uh, again that that discerning collector. Now you'll see on there there are no insignia, so there's no Decepticon symbols. They're not referred to by uh, their character names. It's not called Devastator like this one is called uh, uh, Make Toys Giant Type Dash Six One. You know, it's just they and. What I what I really enjoy about the third party Transformers manufacturers is the clever names that they come up with. It's like they'll have like a figure of Hound and they'll call him Willis, you know, <laughs> or or they'll have like a version of Brawn and they'll just call him like Brawny or some something to where it's. It's it's a really gray line, and depending upon which collector you talk to, maybe it's IP theft, maybe it isn't, but. Where the third party market for Transformers came from is trying to fill a need that the official product 
uh, wasn't filling. Because yeah, they don't. Do they make any of these, or do they make them again, like the one that you found at Walmart? Or we'll we'll get to that. Okay, uh, the the shortest answer is yes, but the uh, the longer answer is that um, third party companies were um, a lot of engineers from Hasbro. Uh, decided, well, wait a minute, we want to make like premium format figures for, again, uh, folks our age. Not They're not necessarily kids' toys. So, like, one of the things is, again, you can see a lot of uh, uh, Japanese and foreign writing on that box. Yeah. It's like you don't necessarily have to pass... Uh, child safety regulations, so they're super dangerous. You know, oh, you, you yeah. could drop them on a toddler and and squish them dead or whatever. <laughs> no, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah. but they're they're so you're not going to see these like at a uh, Fred Meyer or Walmart or something. I mean, you get them online. You know, oh. you know, through either through eBay sellers yeah. or, um, or come to the con and come yeah. to the con. Exactly. I exactly. like that. Uh, even the Japanese have their toys made in China here. This is Make <laughs> Toys 2012 made in China, but it's definitely a Japanese product, which is crazy. There Absolutely. Was a, there was a whole maybe you could speak to this if you know about it, mm. but uh, I missed an opportunity. I'm sure our mutual friend Nick yeah. told me to do this and I just didn't get around to it. But I went ah. to Japan and oh. there's a whole like toy store district where you can go and buy this stuff on shelves and counters. All in like one big like I don't know like a department store esque building, and uh, we just didn't yeah. get there. We just ran out of time. I had to choose between that and seeing the um, what do you call it? The super tall robot. Um, oh, the Gundam. Yeah, the Gundam that oh, was set up. Oh my gosh! Wouldn't yeah. saw that, which was. Yeah. I mean, that's like bringing Transformers to life the way that I wanted the movie to be. It was, Absolutely. And I, I, I never read any of the Gundam uh, uh, manga or anything like that, yeah. but it was. Uh, that's all, uh, but it would, that was like a choice. But I know that the toy district in Japan is crazy for this type of stuff. Yeah, and it was a it was a whole market that I didn't even really know about until a couple years ago. Cool. And it's like, wait a sec, there's like these premium format. I mean, again, they're 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 super expensive, they're super articulated, super detailed, and. In recent times, uh, Hasbro has gone back and they've they've reinvigorated kind of like the the Generation One aesthetic. They call it kind of evergreen designs. Cool. So so like Optimus Prime looks like Optimus Prime. He's a red truck. Ironhide looks like a red van. You know that you know the the classic characters that we grew up with kind of look like the way that they're supposed to, as opposed Good. to uh, you know kind of a, a truck not monkey type of <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, you know, shout out to my Beast Wars friends, but um, but. So they've improved their toy engineering to the point where it's kind of like a weird arms race between third party and official. And the the main the legacy of third party, I would say, is that it's really encouraged Hasbro and uh, uh, their Japanese partner Takara to really step up their engineering aesthetics to compete with unlicensed products which is which is they can't shut it down do they try to shut these people down i mean is it even worth it to try and go i'm sure it's like impossible especially in other countries like the chinas of the world to even find the people to stop them yeah there's there's a lot of that and i think it's kind of like at a arm's length symbiotic uh relationship because it doesn't necessarily damage the brand because it's like you know we're looking at this uh this uh uh make toys devastator here and i'm sorry giant type six one i want to make sure and get it Right, because he's not <laughs> Devastator. These aren't Constructicons. But anyway, no, we're we're uh, um, this definitely evokes that character, and it perpetuates that goodwill of the brand. 
Um, where it gets really crazy sometimes is like if there's, I don't know, say more risque versions of the characters. Um, maybe we could chat about that at a totally different time. Sure, there's, sure. There, there's like an RC figure that you can buy boobs for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a whole nother, whole nother arm of the <laughs> fandom, you know, getting into like the hentai and all that, all the, all that other gross stuff. But again, Japan though, that's, uh, that's, that's, thing. Yeah. that's the thing. So let's, so let's move on to the, the official product. And this happens to be the biggest box that I brought. Oh my god. Oh man, that has got some heft to it. Holy cow. So this is uh Combiner Wars Devastator. And as you can see, it's quite a large box and it is open, so we will have the opportunity to play with him. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Um, this thing is massive. It's it, massive. I'm trying to, to it's like the size of a small briefcase or of a, of a good size briefcase. Yeah. So well, the other ones are just a little bit smaller than that. But well I think is, flip it over because I think he's got some dimensions on him and on the back. It's like it's like 18 inches high or something. Uh, such excuse like that. me, 45 centimeters high. Yes. 18, oh my mistake. <laughs> 18 inches high. Um, I had a. Never mind. I won't say. <laughs> it's a family show. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> a little off-air comment for That's you. There. Awesome. Oh my god, this is incredible. So this is official. I mean, yeah. I see the I see the markers on it. I see this transformers on the front, and then it's got. I mean, this is Devastator for real. Yeah. So it takes. This, what we started with, where it's like, you know, each of these robots was maybe like, what, two inches tall, you'd say? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And then when you put them together, they're maybe... I, I I don't know maybe six seven inches yeah um that's what she said but uh, no um, <laughs> family show but then you, but then you take <laughs> it totally isn't <laughs> I mean it's like hide your children hide your children <laughs> uh, which is so funny because I'm talking about all the cool activities for kids at SciFest but <laughs> different thing exactly um, but anyway but yeah you take a look at this uh, Combiner Wars Devastator and it takes you know six Voyager class figures. And combines them into the one super robot, and he is he is huge, and he is impressive. Well, I can't wait to to assemble this and then be able to take some photos and, and post them. We will not torture everybody by making them listen to us assembling yeah. this thing, but it's uh <laughs> just ratcheting plastic on the on the air. That's maybe great. we'll uh, maybe we'll take a step away for a second and build this, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But um, this is incredible. Yeah, and this is open. Someone open this. Yeah, yeah. So th- this this belongs to Nick. So again, a huge shout out to our mutual friend Nick uh, yeah. he uh, he lent me the uh, uh, the make toys uh, giant series and the official and a couple of these knockoffs that though that you'll have the opportunity to play with um, and you know what the uh, uh, the last thing I want to chat about kinda, yeah. it kind of goes full circle so we kind of talked about third party and how that um, influences what Hasbro is doing on the official side well it comes back around again where you will have third-party uh, companies that will make what uh, what is commonly referred to as upgrade kits. Okay, so cool. What, so what, what I've got here is a couple boxes of bonus accessories and doodads. Like uh, like extra heads, a couple uh, more articulated hands. Oh, with like LED lights and yeah. stuff. I think I saw some of this on the Cybefest uh, NW Facebook page. There's some pictures, and yeah. like there was one of the uh, the Dinobots, and there was like LED looking flame shooting out of it, its mouth. And so that must be like one of these upgrades. Yeah, kits yeah. So it's a third party upgrade kit. So that is not a Hasbro product, but it's engineered to work in concert with an official Hasbro product. So, so like, isn't that crazy? So like there's like a hand and you can see the individual finger joints mm-hmm. uh 
that like make it look like it's a little bit more of a robot rather than just kind of like a bulky hand with a hole exactly. in it that you put that you drop the the gun into. Yeah. Wow. So there's. Wow, so it's like aftermarket parts for a official exactly. release. Yeah, That's it's so it, cool. it's it's like buying a glass pack for your Mustang. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's exactly the same, and that's very common, especially with the premium series um, uh, combiners. Like, you know, you can buy like you know extra like uh, you know wings for your Predaking figure, or like bigger swords, bigger guns, uh, as you said, LED lights. Um, you, you can go bonkers with that. In fact, uh, this guy. is is a completely different third-party upgrade kit uh, to where you can make your Devastator looks like he does in the IDW comic books where uh, Prowl, the Highway Patrol Autobot good guy, takes control of the Devastator robot and and wrecks some hell. So that's, so that's something where like a third-party company has taken something from the comic books and brought it to life to combine... <laughs> Uh, with uh, with the with the official Hasbro figure, so that's it. I mean, the play patterns on this stuff is just endless. It's crazy. Okay, so this is incredible. I can't wait to see what this <laughs> this big guy looks like all assembled. That's super crazy. Yes. Um, let's talk about Sidefest here. Absolutely. A little bit. So, you want me to take some of those sure, off sure, your hands? Oh, <laughs> you look like you're I'm just like holding all you're these. You're overwhelmed like- with all of these boxes. They they are quite large. Now, Perfect. We're building barriers between us with <laughs> giant toy boxes. You don't understand. He showed we're, up with a Mike showed up with a a chewy box yeah. from ordering cat food or whatever, <laughs> really full of boxes of just Devastator stuff, which yeah. is crazy. We're just talking about one of the most iconic, but yeah. one series of robots here from the Transformers universe, and happens to be incredible. Uh, did they ever use any of the? Any of these in the the Michael Bay films? Did they ever do Devastator? Oh my gosh, that 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 is a sore spot of contention for me. In the uh, second live action film, uh, Revenge of the Fallen, they do a version of Devastator. There's this climactic battle in Egypt, I think it is. Yeah, because he's like climbing a pyramid or whatever, and the concept is kind of cool, where it's like six different construction vehicles, and instead of like a giant robot, they kind of form into like a monster looking thing. Okay, you know, he's kind of hunched over and very monstrous has like a giant uh uh, uh drill face or it, but it doesn't look gundam it does not look like a gundam at all it just looks like a hulking beast but it it gave one of the most cringeworthy moments of of that franchise <laughs> so the the devastator is climbing on one of the pyramids and uh john Turturro's character agent simmons is looking up and you can see a pair of uh wrecking balls clanging a back and forth and he's like I am I'm underneath the enemy scrotum. <laughs> he, I mean this is an actual line. In I'm a, sorry that I'm not responding in a in a PG-13 audibly, movie, but it's like it's it hurts my heart. That is I just it's uh, a real kick in the nuts there Transformers. <laughs> Thanks Michael Bay, you really did it to us. Yeah. You ruined the thing I love as a child. Yep. Okay. Um so Sidefest. Yes. Again, let me just hit the basics on it. July 27th at Kent Commons Community Center. Find out more. SybefestNW.com. Facebook.com slash SybefestNW is probably an even easier way to get more about that. You're going to have dealers there selling things yep. like some of the stuff that we just talked about here. You'll have what else happening at SybeFest? Well, you'll have, uh, uh, as I mentioned, uh, trivia contests, uh, costume contests, uh, raffles. Like I, I know some of uh, the folks I've connected with. They've gone to other fan conventions and bought exclusives. 
Cool. And brought them back as raffle items for Cybefests. Uh, there's also going to be um, a number of panels, uh, some of which I can't mention right now because they haven't been officially announced, sure. but will most likely include a panel that I will be hosting. Great, great. Um, uh, tentatively titled The Legacy of the Transformers the Movie, where I'm going to talk about uh, kind of some of the Easter eggs uh, and other references in pop culture. Like, you know, uh, one, one of the most iconic things about Transformers the Movie is that is that that song, You Got the Touch, right? You Got the Touch. Exactly. And um, You Got the Power. But a lot of folks know that from Boogie Nights, right? From uh, from Marky Mark Wahlberg. Not me. I, and but it, it's one of those crazy things where I'll say it's like you know you know that song is from Transformers the movie, right? Originally written for the uh, Sylvester Stallone movie Cobra. Oh, interesting. Uh, way back in the day. So so a couple little nuggets and trivia, kind of like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure what the other panels are going to be. Because so there'll be panels. There, there are going to be a variety of panels, um, and yeah, it's it's uh, there's um, going to be local independent artists that that will be doing uh, commissions, cool, and selling prints. Uh, like uh, uh, Ben Hansen, uh, thirteen fourteen. He's a he's a huge uh, national uh, Transformers artist. He's got some of his art has been featured in the new uh, Transformers trading card game from Wizards of the Coast. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, it's. It's it's just gonna be a really fun time. It's gonna be great. Is he based? Is he based here? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, he's local. I I, I I don't remember exactly where he lives, but yeah, he's he's local. I might need an intro because I might want to take this another step nerdier and have another person Absolutely. even tell me about drawing transformers. Oh my gosh, yeah, I I can connect you with a couple few different artists that great. are uh, that are local uh, for sure. Or you can just come to Cybefest on <laughs> on Saturday, July twenty seventh at the Kent Commons Community Center, right across from the showware, and uh, and see the scene for yourself okay a couple questions to um to, to ask you before we get out of here of course. Uh, you said costumes do people like cosplay like full-on build cardboard transformer suits to wear around is that a thing that happens uh that that's a thing i i don't know if i've seen incredibly elaborate ones at Cybefest, yeah. but like i'll i'll see uh, uh there's there's a conceit in the comics a, a trope i guess uh called a uh, hollow forms in the comics where basically like they'll do like a holographic representation of themselves as a human. So it's like when they, when they go to like infiltrate or something like that, they'll um, so they'll have a, like a lot of those. And those are kind of some fun variations on some of your uh, classic characters. Sure. Um, so I see a lot of cosplay as hollow forms because it's a little easier, but I I do see some some cardboard there for sure. I got a I got some friends that are cosplay people and oh, yeah. um that, that that's like they build and build and build and they have yeah. their own EVA foam and like all this yep, all this yep. stuff and I really want to build. So let's get to the next question because yeah. then I'll circle back around. Um, favorite Transformer for you? What's your personal favorite Transformer? It can be a couple if you don't have it. Oh, I mean, that. it's it's you know I mentioned it earlier. It's it's got to be Soundwave. Same. And it's interesting. I mean, because like I I like Soundwave for a lot of reasons, but I think the most iconic thing about him is that iconic voice. You know, where it's it's Frank Welker doing the voice act. He's doing the Doctor Claw voice from Inspector Gadget. I'll get you next time, Gadget. And then next time. <laughs> yes, thank you. Show over. <laughs> yeah, I, I could call and respond. I'll ding dong day on that. <laughs> but yeah, no. So he's just doing the Doctor Claw voice, but then they run it through a vocoder, so it has kind of like this weird uh, electronic, otherworldly kind of sing song uh, texture to How it. How did you find this out? 
Oh gosh! Uh, Just the internet. Yeah, I guess. yeah sure. No, I. I, think, spent, I want you to know, I've spent. Uh, this is an idea that someone will yeah. definitely steal from me now that I'm saying it publicly. Of course, of course. But I've spent a considerable amount of time trying to figure out how to make the sound wave sound oh. because I wanted to have a goof where sound uh, sound wave was out of work, and so um, <laughs> he's intern sound wave, and I could be like, sound oh, wave, come on, freshen up the coffee. Could you hurry with it? <laughs> I don't have an intern. Yeah, and have him like respond, but it's impossible to get the voice right, and if you don't, it sounds really. Yeah. It sounds really dumb, and yeah. it's really. I mean, there's there's a couple plugins uh, that that you can uh, put into your editing software, but yeah, it's like it's like you got to get it just right because it's uh, it, it's definitely iconic. But I love that where it's like you know it's like Soundwave make fresh coffee, and he'd like <laughs> Soundwave. He'd be like, and he would deploy his little buddies. Yeah, right? yeah. he's got like he's got you know like Rumble and Frenzy and Ravage and Laserbeak, and he'd be like Ravage. Ravage. You know, I just need to stop and just let you do those. <laughs> those are some killer voices, dude. Well, see, I mean, I can only do like a couple things, and one of them happens to be Doctor Claw. So you kind of just made my day saying oh that that's like uh, <laughs> that I could turn this into. So now I just got to actually go back and do the do the actual research. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll have to come to Sidefest and talk to people there that might there you know, go. know how there to you do go. that. Wow, oh, man! Operation refreshment. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I, I have some friends that do cosplay, and yes. they're called Zach Labs. Just a free plug. Oh yeah, for, you know, totally uh, for Brian and Hannah. And the gang, um, great but, dudes. But great, I would love folks. to. Uh, I would love to. I feel like if you're gonna make cosplay good of a transformer, it just so happens that Soundwave would also be a good one to do because he's very boxy. Yeah, and so it's like less like you know small technical details and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just building those legs and stuff like yeah. is like pretty awesome. But it would be very hard. So maybe maybe one of these years, like as my kid gets a little older, we can build something together and that would be great. and then go to a side fest together like that. Well, see, no, I, I've got the perfect idea for you and you can definitely go to our friends at Zach Labs for yeah. this. So you be Soundwave and then you have the little one is like Rumble or, yeah, yeah. or like one of the one of the tapes. Rumble. Okay. So good. I just got to add some vocoding to it, and then we'll see. Maybe I'll go back and post and even do that. Okay, so it's uh, Sidefest Northwest. It's July 27th, 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. All the details you can find yourself by just uh, going to the website, SibefestNW.com, or search for it on Facebook slash SibefestNW. Again, Sibe is like Cybertron, C-Y-B, or Cyb. Cybertronian Festival. There it is. Nice. Um, and he's Mike Seibert. The Mike Seibert Radio Podcast is what you can look for in the podcast of your podcaster of your podcast catcher of your choice, whatever there that is. is. Like the Overcast app or the I- Apple store yeah. uh, on SoundCloud. You can definitely uh, subscribe to that. Leave a positive comment that you heard him on our show here and help him get move up the ratings a little bit as well. Absolutely. It always helps out if you can do that again. It's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast S-E-I-B-E-R-T for Googling that. Uh, Mike's a lot of fun. He does a lot of cool independent stuff here in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks for hanging out with us. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for carrying all these boxes upstairs, too. <laughs> go- we're going to have fun trying to get this back down out the elevator. <laughs> uh, make good choices. You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at HeyGregor. Find more episodes online at SoYou'reInSeattle.com. So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production. Yeah, you're a good dog chowder. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.